Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Stand Chum, the bearded auctioning legend, Mr. Paul Levy. Hello, very warm welcome back, everybody. This is episode number 102, and this is going to be another jam-packed episode because we've got two games to cover, as well as catching up on all the news from around the club, as well as some drama, because that wouldn't be a normal week without drama. Um, So I think it's probably best that we stop yapping and we get cracking on with this week's episode. So as always, we start with our friends over at the Supporters Club. Yep, so just the one trip left this season to tell you about. It is the promotion party at Blackpool on Saturday, the 6th of May. Coaches depart at half past 10 for a half past 5 kickoff. And amazingly, coaches are reduced to only £10, which is fantastic for a massive journey. As it stands, we've got an update this evening from the Supporters Club. There are only four seats left on the coach. So, as it stands, there's two coaches going to Blackpool, but the Supporters Club will be taking names if the second coach, or when the second coach, is fully booked up. And if they get enough interest, they will put on a third coach, depending on how many names and how much interest they get so yeah if you want to it could be a minibus as well it could be like 30 rather than oh, 50 okay. so it doesn't have to be Fine. a 52 seater it could be a 30 so if there's yeah. enough people and they are making a loss at 10 pound a head but want to get the people down there so if you want to book yourself on that call yeah. 077221359708 at only 10 pound an absolute bargain Mr Levy is booked I'm on on that unfortunately I've committed to an endurance race called Tough Mudder so fortunately, yeah. I'll be face down in a dirt dish dead somewhere, <laughs> probably, when you're on Blackboard. Traditional Saturday night for you. <laughs> yeah. um, nice one. Yeah, cool. And also, uh, something going on at the Supporters Club, as we've mentioned, the last two or three episodes. Now, on the 23rd of April, uh, that is going to be this, this, coming, Sunday, yes. this coming Sunday. So, uh, just around the corner, um, there's going to be a, a quiz that's going to start at a brand new time at 7 o'clock rather than at 4 o'clock yeah. in the afternoon, as I think it was a more popular time for the, for the teams that have already registered. It's £8 per head um, with a maximum of 16 teams, and you can have up to eight people in each team. So it's eight quid a head. The price includes half-time refreshments, and you can enter in one of two ways. You can email LMD. 85, that's L for Lima, M for Mike, D for Delta, and the numbers 8 and 5, that's at hotmail.co.uk, or you can phone 07833 297 258, and I think it's really important to point out that all the money from this quiz goes to the Loft Regeneration Fund, so please, um, all the quizzy guys, get involved, it is a well worthwhile evening out bit of entertainment and money being yeah. raised for a good cause. Yep, and speaking of the Regeneration Fund, yes. now it's time to update you all on the Great Orient Outlook auction update. <laughs> so here we go. So well done to Claire Barker, who won the signed and worn Scott McLeish shirt for £200. So well done to you, Claire, and it was a pleasure handing that shirt over to you at today's match. Yep, also well done to Dave Deneu, who won the signed Greenwich Borough shirt from Gary Alexander, John Mackey, Bradley Pritchard, and Charlie McDonald, that was bought for a very uh, good amount of eighty pounds. Yeah, that was a bargain. So thank was. you. That was, a, that was the word I was looking for. Bargain. Yeah, I thought that would have gone for more. That one. Uh, yeah. Also, well done to Tim Barnes, who won the side and worn Dean Cox boots 
for £200. So again, we gave those to Tim today. So well done to Tim for winning those. Yeah, on Easter Sunday, uh, so yesterday, three auctions ended. So we want to say congratulations to the following. Firstly, and this is the biggest yes. amount raised for a single item. So well done to Steve Kennedy, who paid £500 for David Mooney's Mooney. and signed 1314 shirt. And I have to say, that was a really exciting, that went yeah. up to the last second. Went down to the wire with a bid placed after the deadline, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, deadlines are deadlines, unfortunately, on that one. So we couldn't take it. Well done to Ben Graham, who won a signed Russell Slade cap uh, for £135. So well done to you, Ben. It'll be sent uh, via the post, via the postal system this coming week. Yep. And thirdly, well done to Richard Priest, who won the signed framed 0708 pick for £110 that was generously donated by Pierre Fleet. Donated and presented yes. by Pierre because we were outside the Support shop, club shop. Uh, the club shop and reception and Richard was there. Good to meet you, Richard, and uh, good to put it's good to put names to, to, to Twitter yeah. handles and Facebook profiles and all the rest of it. It, it, it it's, it's really cool. So uh, just just one thing to say as well, we, we have got another auction ongoing at the moment um, for the 0607 uh, shirt as well, but we also have more memorabilia. We've got enough here for about three weeks. I don't know if that's something we should say. We've got quite a lot of stuff. We, so we actually left the ground today with more stuff than what we had uh, to prize out. So we've got yeah. a lot more stuff coming. We've got one signed shirt that makes me very excited. If you're a long-term listener, you'll know that one of my favourite defenders left the club two years ago. We have his signed shirt, which I'm very excited about considering... I didn't get anywhere near the David Mooney bid, which I would have loved. Yeah. But I'm very excited about a forthcoming shirt auction that will take place this week. And as Paul says, keep an eye out for more memorabilia this week and during the next two to three weeks. Because as fast as we're getting rid of it, more is being donated, which is amazing. And, you know, another couple of donations today from, you know, from Brian Rigby, uh, from Wadsey as well on Twitter. Thank you very much. And total so far, amount we've raised so far is just short of five grand. Yeah, four thousand nine hundred and thirty pound, which is incredible. So thanks to everyone who's made bids and donated their bits. And like I said, we've got a lot more to come. I saw Doug Harper at the end of the game today, um, the Loft chairman, and told him, and he was so pleasantly surprised about how much we've raised. Yeah, it's a lot of money. It's an incredible amount of money. It's a lot it of money. is a genuinely incredible amount of money. So uh, we will transfer one massive payment donation, over yes. uh, to Loft yeah. as a donation from the Orient fan community. It's not from us. We haven't paid that money. It's yeah. from, from all of you guys. So let's move on because we have got a lot to get through today. We'd just like to um, remind you all that Play With A Legend returns to Brisbane Road on Monday the 8th of May. John Mackey, Gary Alexander and Kevin Lisby are going to be captaining three sides. Yep. Check the website for availability. Uh, it's really worth getting involved in. It's going to be played on the Brisbane Road yeah, turf. Um, you can be on Kevin Lisby's team. I think Gary's got a couple of spaces. I think John's got a few spaces. So um, Look up. I'm away that day. Otherwise, I might have been really... T- I'm rubbish at football, but I might have you're been right. seriously tempted. You're right. You're a good organiser. You're a good organiser. I'm, you're, a, you're I'm like captain a, material. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a poor Orient captain who wasn't that good at football, but a good organiser. You're like a... No, you're good at football, mate. You're good. No, you're, I'm not. You're a good player. No, you're no, right. I'm really not. Anyway, I was. I make my return to Brisbane Road in that evening, two days after my endurance run, so that will be fun. So if you want to do it, check the Play With Legend website. It's a great experience, and I can't recommend it highly enough yep. after doing it last year. And a few announcements. So we wish 
Steve Cole better following his operation. We hope to see him back in the South Stand at the start of next season. So our best wishes yeah. go out to Steve and to Martin Strong who had his heart operation a few weeks ago. So yeah. I hope you're feeling better as well, Martin. And Thanks if for your we, tweet on the last episode. Yep, yeah, and if we haven't mentioned you and you're not well or haven't been well, then we wish you uh, better. I hope you get well soon. Yeah. And also, uh, worth pointing out, it's really nice to bump into uh, fellow Orient fans because there are, we are few and far between compared to the Arsenal's, the Tottenham's and the Man U's. And you bumped into uh, Michael Ingle yes. in Loughton High Street It's recently. nice when you bump into people not at Orient who are Orient fans and yes. you know of the podcast and you can speak to them about Orient. So, Michael, lovely to meet you. Um, and yeah, great seeing you. Yeah, well today. good to see you today. Yeah, absolutely. So, the week and a bit that was there, so loads to catch up on. So, Sunday, the 9th of April. So, well done to the ladies' team who retained the Mayor's Cup by beating Tower Hamlets 13-0. 1-3? my friend. Wow. With hat-tricks from Ella May M and Sophie Lamarchand with two for Ellie, two for Jazz and one apiece from Connie... Hayley and Naomi. So well done, ladies. Everyone nearly getting a goal. Pretty much. Yeah, well done. Amazing result. And they retain the Mayor's Cup for a second season. So well done to the ladies. Yes, well done indeed. Miles Judd was up for the LFE Apprentice of the Year League Two uh, Award at the EFL Awards last Sunday. Also up for nomination were Alex Fletcher at Plymouth and Leon Davies from Cambridge. And we are delighted, as you probably already know, to announce the winner, Miles Judd, our very own Miles Judd. So, fantastic uh, achievement and congratulations. It's just a testament to the hard work that he's put in and and how well he's been playing for to get that level of recognition. So, uh, really, really great to see. Uh, also, kudos to the academy for finding yes. him and nurturing him and producing him. Obviously, I guess it means that we're going to be getting more, more and more scouts at Brisbane Road looking to pick off our our best crop. But unfortunately, yeah. that is the nature of the beast because we are just a lowly League Two club. <laughs> well, at currently, the yes, currently. So Monday, tenth of April, George Session spoke to Omar Issa about the Cambridge game, which, if you remember, was a three 0 disappointing defeat. So Omar said we were playing a back three. At times, we were five if the wing-backs dropped in, but I am asking a lot of them. I'm not asking them to play a certain way. I'm putting them under a little bit of pressure, and I will only make them better. Yeah. We will take things back to the drawing board this week and get on with it and see what numbers we have got. It might be a case of waiting until the end of the week to find out what players are available, and then we will crack on. So a nice little quote there from Omer about what he's trying to do at the club. Yeah, um, it, yeah, absolutely. I uh, wouldn't normally mention other clubs' business, but Marcus Bignut was sacked as manager of Grimsby Town and having come up from the conference last season and not being in a relegation battle and having won their previous game 3-1. Yeah. You'd have to be upset if you're Marcus Bignut to be in that position. Yeah. Um, so obviously something's gone on behind the scenes there. You reckon? Um, but yeah, we, I think we mention it later on who takes... Oh, I'm sure. Over. I'm sure we do, but uh, you can get the rest of that story on the Grimsby Outlook podcast available. <laughs> All good copywritten. They can't do that. Features. Yeah. So yeah. Tuesday, the 11th of April. So Sky Sports started to report that players are not paid. Following obviously players not being paid, which we've gone through in past podcasts, they will be allowed to walk away from Orient from Friday, the 14th of April, and reported that the reason the players and staff have not been paid is because Francesco Bichetti has changed his bank account. So Friday the 14th of April will be 14 days after they were, the staff and players were supposed to be paid, so can legally walk away. They also report that the players are currently reluctant to do so and would be meeting the PFA on Wednesday the 12th of April, which brings us on nicely. 
to Wednesday the 12th yeah. of April. Ah, see, good segue there. Lovely segue. Uh, friend of the podcast, a one Russell Slade, is appointed the new manager of Grimsby yeah. Town. No surprises there. He was the no. early front runner for that. So good luck to Russ in yeah. that. Hope you do well. Yes, yeah, Russ's third club this season. So players can only play for two clubs a season. Yeah. I take it managers are limitless then. Because Correct. Russ started off the season... Charlton he did and then ended up at Coventry he did and now he's at Grimsby so Russ third time lucky hopefully I think Russ will do very well there I've got to say Lee I two. think so because the, like you say Charlton and Coventry two clubs with problematic owners problems, yeah. do you know what I mean whereas Grimsby seem a little bit more settled and grounded yeah. I think going back there I think he'll do I think he'll do well he'll next do season he get the summer do a rebuild because I don't think Marcus Bignett has left bad players there, no. to be fair. Well, they, they, they lost. They beat us, I think, what, 2 0, 2 1? They lost Omar Bogle to Wigan. Yeah. Uh, didn't obviously really replace him, but I think Russ has got his contacts, and I think. What are the odds? That, uh, we'll come to it later, but a certain Mr. Nugent is now available. So, what are the odds that Nugent goes there as a number two? Although he's already pointed a number two, so that'll be interesting to see if Nugent does go there. Russell usually keeps the staff that are at the club that he's taking over. Yeah. Um, he did that when Nuge came here. I don't know if Nuge would relocate from London oh, to Grimsby point. Um, either. But anyway, that's their business. Tom Colomosi of the Evening Standard reported that Leighton Orient squad have been told more than once that they'll be paid on Thursday the 13th of April, whilst George Sessions reported the same, but added that the club staff are understandably not too confident that they will be paid. And I think that was the message that we got back from our yeah. sources at the club as well. Yeah, so, so Thursday, 13th of April, again, lovely little segues tonight. Yeah, we're, we're doing it well. We're getting good at this. We're getting two episodes in. <laughs> episodes in, we're finally getting in. So Thursday, the 13th of April, a day full of drama. So we wake up to the news that staff at the club have still not been paid. And once again, for the upteenth time, Francesco Machetti has let everyone down at Leighton Orient FC, let the players down, the staff down, the fans down, everyone. Paul, your views on this? Not surprised one bit. Doesn't no. surprise me at all. I've already said it when we first broke that no one was being paid. It's an absolute, utter disgrace. And really, to be quite frank, I really don't want to give these people any more airtime than needs be. Um, if I was wealthy enough personally, I'd take a hold all down there with a bundle of cash in it, put it on the table yeah. and say, take what you need. Because it's an absolute outrage and, and to treat people like this. And you know, hearing today that they might be paid on Tuesday, they might be paid on Wednesday, they might be paid on Thursday, it might be Friday. What, what, no what do you mean it might no. be this day or that day or it might be that day or it might be the other? It, it's absolutely disgraceful. It doesn't take, if, he's, if he's got problems with your bank accounts and he's setting up new ones, from personal experience, it doesn't take that long to no. set up new business bank accounts. It really doesn't, which suggests that either he's got a really crappy accountant, he doesn't know what he's doing, which is probably both of those, or there's something more sinister. With his cash flow, you mean? Yeah. Or going on. Yeah, possibly. I mean, mine... Your views? Like yours, mate, not surprised. All I wish I could say I was. You know, payment is two weeks late now, and still no help from anyone outside of the club. Yeah. You know, the PF, well, we'll come on to the, the PFA, but obviously... To me, the FB is looking to kill the club as he's not paying wages and not entering talks of interested parties, to our knowledge anyway. At that club. time. So yeah. what is he playing at? So very disappointing there. And then later in the day, we're told by one of our sources again, and we reveal that the PFA have loaned the players half of their basic wages for March. Um, but this, these wages, they do have to be paid back with half that's been paid. It's a loan. Yes. It's a charity loan. I think it's really important for people to understand that the PFA... Um, have only paid half 
because if they paid the full amount, there would be tax implications. So effectively, this is a charity loan. And I think we come on to it later. Liam Kelly's interviewed and he says it has to be paid back. So yes. this is just to help them get to training, yeah. turn up, pay the bills, um, and to make sure that they don't suffer uh, more than they have to. But obviously, that's great for them. But the Lindsays and the Adas and the Collins yeah, and the Charlies absolutely. and the Steves and, and the others behind the Crazy. scenes that are not the chef, you know, in, 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 in hospitality in the gallery suite, no one's getting paid. Crazy. Crazy. Unbelievable. You can't, I don't understand the mentality of how you expect people to carry on doing a job and to, to respect you when you're not paying them and you're treating them so badly. Like where it where does it where in any walk of life do you think well, maybe, that that's an acceptable well, maybe that's what way to, to behave? Maybe he's trying to push people out. So essentially, there's to no what way to end do though? these tasks. But then the club stops. What exactly? Because if people didn't do their jobs, so the club exactly. the club wouldn't fulfil its fixtures. But to what benefit? to wind up the club essentially I mean who knows what FB is thinking it's such a it's such a hard one to go into mm. he doesn't communicate with anyone but you know no one no one knows what he's thinking because he doesn't speak to anyone which is really annoying and if you know if that they couldn't get any worse it does as the Brown stuff hits the fan obviously family friendly show uh, as the local guardian revealed that the EFL have taken the unprecedented step of approaching Loft to foot the bill for the club's medical costs for the remaining games this season. So Loft replied and said they will not pay the bill as that was never in the regeneration fund mandate. Which is fair enough, it wasn't. Our subsequent tweet asking for people to retweet if they think the EFL are a disgrace for asking Loft to help out is one of, and if not the, most engaged tweet we've ever done uh, with well over 950 retweets, as we say it now, prompting the EFL, we think, we prompted the EFL... Definitely played a part in prompting. Definitely. ...to issue the following statement denying they asked Loft to help out. It says, the EFL has been in regular dialogue with officials at the club throughout the course of today, encouraging them to find a practical and sensible solution that would ensure the safety of all supporters attending Monday's fixture with Hartlepool United. The club has this, e this evening advised the EFL that they have an agreement in place that satisfy the requirements of the safety certificate. At no stage during today's discussions did the EFL contact did the EFL contact the Leighton Orient Supporters Trust to ask for financial assistance, nor would it be appropriate to do so. So that was the statement from the EFL. I mean, there isn't such thing as the Leighton Orient Supporters Trust. It's the Leighton Orient Fans Trust. So it's yeah. not lost. It's Loft, so Loft is lost to them. Very good again, Mr. Levy. He's on fire tonight. Oh, dear. Tell you what, a bit of apple pudding sends you down the long <laughs> way. So then Loft replied via Twitter to the EFL and said, someone at the EFL whose name, phone number and email address we have phoned the club today and instructed we be sought out to cover the costs. We will be contacting the EFL CEO, Sean Harvey, to seek an urgent meeting to discuss today's event. So very bizarre goings on. And for me, you know, again... What is going on? Craziness. I've never seen this happen at any other club, you know. Mental. 
speechless for a podcast. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> what you haven't already. We're running out of things to say about this because it's just a reoccurring problem with these people. And I, I agree with you. I think it's shocking and shameful from the EFL. They tried to do something by the back door, thinking that this wouldn't become a publicly known yeah. thing, uh, and it's back backfired quite spectacularly uh, on them. So gutted. Uh, <laughs> serves you right for being. Uh, the way that you are and at the end of the day you don't ask the fans trust um, to, to, to do your job um, you lazy bunch of good for nothings so um, lots those... and lots huge amount of views actually like tons um, I would love to mention as many as we can but we are only going to mention about five or six because obviously two matches to go through and a whole lot more so thanks for all your tweets sorry I just cut you off there you were about to you did. say something no I was going to lead on to that Please accept my broken podcast rule 104. <laughs> yeah. So, no, firstly, I'll let you, yeah. you can say the first thing. Okay, thank you. It's from, <laughs> it's from Jamie Stripe, who says, an organisation that is now officially not fit for purpose. This is indefensible. Yeah, absolutely. At El Coado says, I honestly can't put into words how angry the EFL request has made me feel. They, along with the FA, are an absolute disgrace. No, you didn't contact Loft. However, you instructed a member of Leighton Orient staff to contact them. Very careful with your wording. And I think that's really the nail hit on the head. They're very careful. They didn't ask Loft because they didn't. They asked the club to ask Loft. So it's all about semantics. But effectively, they are indirectly asking Loft to cover it. At Strop underscore O said, Football World knows... LOFC is annihilated by FB and I've come to accept the EFL has stood and watched but to try and make fans responsible disgrace yeah, there's a lot of the D word flying around uh, yeah. Paul underscore Dennis 10 says if this is how the EFL treat the fans of one of their clubs in tough times then we are better off in the National League shame on you EFL you're a disgrace yeah at Leon Oresti said to be fair according to the club we have about 25 players injured at the moment so no wonder the medical bills are high hashtag like as a clown that was one of the best tweets I saw like it and at Seb T68 said you instructed a club rep to contact Loft to pay the medical bills be very ashamed you are not fit and proper along with the FA so loads of tweets again thanks for all your views uh, about that and sorry if we haven't been able to mention yours Yep, on Friday the 14th of April, so that's Good Friday, and the scenario going into this match was that if we lost and results went against us, then come quarter to five, we could be relegated. So, Luton away uh, was the match on Good yeah. Friday. Team lined up as Sergeant in goal with Clark, Mezegay, Pollock and Semedo, Kelly, Ochang, Collins, Alzate with Dal- Dalby and Adebayejo up top. Subs for that game were Granger, Hap, Moncur. Alderson, Karoma, Liebird and Abrahams. So that was four changes from the Cambridge lineup. So Mezugay, Adebayejo, Dorby and Ocheng came in. And Monker, Karoma, Liebird and Hap all dropped to the bench. And Ocheng was making his starting debut. So out of those, out of that team, there were nine players who were in the development squad against Lewin back in October. And who start for the seniors just six months later. I mean, you, you couldn't write that. It's just an incredible... Yeah. story um, yeah. so my views solid team I liked it more direct with the 4-4-2 and the youngsters have nothing to lose you know just go through all the pressure will be on Luton you know, expect them playoffs big opportunity for them to kind of get their goal difference up I think their fans have been probably expecting to see a whitewash um, so no pressure on these young O's yeah, obviously great. this is all written before the Orient game yes no, no I, I agree with you I, I like it I think it's potentially quite exciting and you know 
it's chucking him in the deep end and just really hoping for the best. So and I can imagine that you would have been happy as well with the Adebayo starting. Because I think yes. in the last podcast you said I you said, wanted to see him start, yes. and he did. So he's powerful, he's strong, quick, and he's very, very quick for yeah. a big lad. Yeah. Uh, for me, he would be probably one to watch. Yeah. I know Errol once was it two years ago gave us a heads up about Dolby. That was only last year, mate. That was, was that only, last that year? Was the season but for me. Season. For me, I'm a big fan of Victor Adebayo. Okay. Right. Big fan. So strong, powerful, quick player. You don't get too many of them. Is he your new Nigel Atangana? Yeah. <laughs> so Potentially. Also, also on this match, Oli Palmer, who's on loan at Luton. Don't forget about Oli. He was ineligible <clears throat> to play for Luton. Yeah. Thanks to George Sessions, Charlie and Colin at the football club, Shona Duthie, whose tweets we've used to round yeah. up this match. So credit to them. Uh, for the majority of this, because we neither of us yeah. could make it, unfortunately. So the match kicked off, or it lining up in the four-four-two diamond formation with Semedo and Clark, the fullbacks with Kelly at the base of the midfield. Yep. So twelve minutes, Sheen Cross is met by the F, who is unmarked, heads wide. It's a bit of a let off for us, really. Done better there. Yeah. yeah. On the fourteenth minute, Adebayo heads over from a Collins cross. Yep. So it wasn't all one-way traffic. And in the thirty-second minute, a tweet by George Sessions, who tweeted. Saying sack the board is being sung by the travelling Orient support, followed by stand up for the Orient. So the Orient fans in good voice. Yeah, absolutely. Thirty third minute though, Luton took the lead as Stephen Alzate lost the ball. Ollie Lee picked out Danny Hilton with a brilliant ball, um, and all he had to do was really sort of find the back of the net, and he slotted it into the corner. So very disappointing goal to concede there for me. You know, as good as that ball was, yeah, from Ollie Lee. Poor defending, just played it in between Mezegay and Semedo. Hilton, who's a good striker yeah. at this at this level, very good striker. Brennan Butter brings it down, unchallenged really. Silent comes out, just pokes it past, and a very basic goal um, to concede. At that point, you could have been forgiven for thinking it was going to be a whitewash, and obviously we needed not to lose this. To I, did stay think, the I did think that this was the start of a whitewash. Yeah, well, I no, really actually, did think it was going to be a cricket score. As you would expect. Yeah. 36 minutes. Yeah, no problem. Sergeant holds a DF shot after Sheen's free kick comes back off the wall. And in the 40th minute, we change formation. So good to sit this from home here. Not Agreed. kind of sitting back, changing up as the game goes along. He's done this a couple of times, actually. So we went 3-4-3 three, three with Semedo and Oching on the flanks. And I guess Semedo gives you that cover. You can either play him as a left-back or a left midfielder. Oching seems like he could play right-back or in the central midfield. Clark can either play as a right-back or centre-back. Same as no, Pollock, who's played plays as a right-back. So it was all different... A lot of these young players are all interchangeable. interchangeable they can which play very in good, many yeah, different positions. Which obviously makes Omer's job yeah. much easier. 41st minute, Sam Sargent tipped a powerful Luke Gambin strike over the good bar. Good save that, actually. Saw it this morning. Good Remember save. Luke Gambin at the beginning of the season? What do we need Luke Gambin from Barnet for? 100,000 bid, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, yeah, but he right. wouldn't, cleverly for him, he wouldn't come to us. Yeah, and in the 43rd minute, Sargent made another save from Luke Gambin, this time tipping over his volley, which again was another very good save. So well played Sam Sargent, keeping Orient in it towards the end of the first half. So two minutes of added time were played. The half-time whistle goes, and we were 1-0 down. I think we just wrapped the time. Decent scoreline to come into. Didn't concede the second, so gave ourselves a lifeline. Um, and well played to Sam Sargent for keeping us in that half. So attendance was announced at 8,601. Luton a big club. They are a bigger club. Big club, yeah. at least a League One club. Um, yes, with those sorts of attendances, they are a decent League One club. They've, they've been where we've been. You know, they were down. They were down a conference a couple of years ago. So, three hundred and eighty away fans made the journey. So well done to each 
and every one of you and obviously we'll come on to the parts that your day obviously got a lot better yeah exactly so the second half kicked off one change for Orient as Tristan Abrahams came on for Sam Dolby and we start the second half pretty well looked pretty lively um, Abrahams wins a, he- a free kick that Collins doesn't do anything I've got with. to say I was happy to see Abrahams come on for Dolby because Abrahams had come on in the last home game I can't remember who it was against and he looked lively for like the last 15 minutes there was one bit of the game where he just took a snapshot and he didn't look up do you remember he just he was in the corner wasn't he yeah by and us he, he looks like more of a goal threat than Dolby different type of a forward to Sam I agree Dolby. so it's quite happy to see that um, so yeah like you were saying looked lively yeah looked good in the 53rd minute ball came out to Collins from an orient attack he was well outside the area Collins powered in a shot absolutely drilled it flies into their defender into Luton's defender's rear hits his hand he falls over and the ref points to the spot for me I don't think the defender had enough time to get out of the way because the shot was so pacey. It was definitely, a harsh pen. definitely more ball to hand. Um, it's one of those, isn't it? If you get it, you're well happy that you get it. And if you concede it, you're a bit miffed yeah. that you conceded it. But we weren't moaning. It was a penalty. And up stepped Kelly, uh, who looked very composed. And to be fair to Kelly, took a great penalty. It was good, a really good Good penalty. pace, good direction into the corner because the keeper went the right way and made himself big. And we were back in it at one all. Well played, yeah. Liam Kelly. On those three hundred and eighty fans will go mental behind the goal. I think a few had got onto the pitch, and you can see as Kelly runs away, giving it the fist. There's a few stewards dragging the fans, fans, fans back. Away. Yeah, so exactly. Well then well the done. match really opened up and goes end to end with both teams having chances. And then in the sixty-first minute, the unthinkable happens as Kelly goes on a little run just outside the box. He plays a beautifully Brilliant weighted ball. pass yeah. right into Tristan Abrahams' path. And he slotted it coolly for his first goal for the club to give Orient a 2-1 lead. Now, at this point, I'm jumping around thinking, oh, my God. Hey, were you at home or were you in I was at home. the shopping centre? No, I was at home, in the comfort of my home. Mate, it was a brilliant, really at good this, goal. At this point, I was, I was home. Really good goal. Kelly done really well. Drove the ball well, really forward. And you can see Abraham's pointing into where he wants it. And he doesn't get it like first time. But yeah. Kelly, superb ball. Very good finish from Abraham's. At that point, I was around my mum's uh, with my girls and... Uh, I was really excited. It's one of those where you're just thinking, oh, I wish I was there. Yeah. And like you're just following it on like the radio and Twitter, and just going, oh, come on, just hold out for it. Yeah. It seemed like it was really exciting. In the 70th minute, Abraham's battles well, and the ball runs through for Adebayo, but Moore comes off his line and claims the ball well. And it seems like we were trying to get a third and go for it and try and kill him off. And Abraham's definitely did make an impact. He's a good, impactful one. player. He really is. He's di- he's a difficult person to. To handle and and I think as I think maybe John pointed out to like from today's game, what you don't realise is the difference it makes when you've got strikers that are not static. A few players, a few, they a few run around would. and move. They're pulling defenders apart, yeah. and midfielders suddenly the other teams suddenly become disjointed and, and out of sorts, and that's what they do really well. These young guys. Absolutely, we'll come on to it, I guess. Yeah, when we talk about today's game. Yep, seventy uh, third minute. Um, Sam Sargent gets booked for time-wasting and a few seconds later, sadly, Luton equalised. A simple through-ball again is played forward and Vassell goes through and shoots into the corner to make it 2-2. Yeah, it's a disappointment. We couldn't hold out. A good finish there from Vassell, uh, from Luton, who's a pretty good player, actually. Good finish. Disappointing again, though. Just an easy long ball over the centre-backs. He runs onto it and finishes it coolly. So, 2-all. So, 77th minute. Abrahams wins a free kick in a decent position, but Collins' delivery is just too high yeah 80th minute Josh Caroma comes on for Stephen Alzate yeah it's a bit of a strange one there obviously Josh being on the bench for the last couple of games obviously done really well at Newport got the hat trick then was played up front never really happened for him 
And now he's back on the bench again. Obviously, Omar finances him maybe more as a substitute than a starter. Maybe an impact sub. Yeah, possibly. Maybe. But possibly. like him and Gavin Massey and Sandro should be played on the wings, not up front. Yeah, that's agree. not their well, we said that, didn't we? Under yeah. Danny. So, 88th minute, Freddie Moncur comes on for Henry Oching. 89th minute, opened up in the box with Diaf as he shoots just wide of the post. Bit of a let off there. 90th minute, Teddy Mezegay does well to stick with Vassell. And he goes down looking for a penalty, but the referee waves away the appeals as five minutes of time are added on. Yeah, and then in the 94th minute, Adebayo does a brilliant flick onto Karoma, who runs onto it really well, gets himself into a 1-1 position, thinking, go on, son, finish this, let's get the three yeah. points. But their defender, Justin, sprints back. Karoma takes slightly too long, and Justin tackles him. Justin so close. <laughs> Mate, you're on it tonight. You're on it tonight. <laughs> Sugar. Mate, that's, that's the best one yet. So, <laughs> almost, but no cigar. And in the 96th minute, final chance, Kelly gets a free kick in a decent position, but fires over the bar. And the full-time whistle goes as we gain a point, which is enough to stay in the Football League until at least Monday. Yep. So, Omar Ritzer, after the match, said, the talk before the game was, don't let this be the day we are gone because we have four more fixtures left and it's hard to play in them when it has happened. We have given ourselves another game to fight and we live to fight another day, basically. So that's a bonus. You could see in the dressing room the senior players are proud of the youngsters and the youngsters are proud of themselves, which you like to see. They have had a tough time and it's been, a, it's been tough for everybody. But once you cross that white line, you forget about everything for the 90 minutes and they did that and they should be proud of themselves. Like it. Like it. It's a league table. So that job meant we are still with the Football League of 33 points with just four matches left to play and 11 points from safety so we'll do a full League 2 roundup uh, after the Hartlepool game because we're not going to go into the table in too much depth exactly so your views on the Luton away match then Mr Levy very decent result no one really expected us to get anything from that game uh, poor first goal to concede but really I think for the positives it's great that Tristan Abrahams has got his first goal hopefully the first of many uh, and we really needed this, obviously, to be a win to give us more of a fighting chance against Hartlepool. But I think it's just a bit of a formality now, and it'd be a fight for who takes the second relegation spot because I think we're guaranteed that that twenty fourth spot, unfortunately. But look, you know, take take nothing away from that performance. Two all draw away at Luton. If if you know, I'd have taken a point before the game started. It's just a shame. It just seems probably a little bit too little, yeah. too late now. Good you points. Yeah, superb result actually for me. What strangely feels like a win. Uh, although it was a draw and makes almost relegation certainty so well done to all the players for fighting and battling after going a goal behind if that had happened a couple of weeks ago I think we just would have got slaughtered but good to see us going yeah. goal down and fight back fantastic second half performance I think Abrahams did make a difference um, and like you already said great to see Abrahams get his goal well done to Adebayo for coming on and the abrahams Adebayo partnership looked like it troubled Luton's defence and that's one of the best defences in League 2 so if they can trouble decent defences at this level and they should have no problems against the yeah. lesser defences and also throw Karanga into the mix and you've got three pacey young forwards who are all up for it all want to get their chance all want to score goals that's great to see also you know Sergeant in goal done well especially in the first half Pollock Clark Alzate and Monko as well who look like real talents special mention to Scott Cuthbert uh, as well I love Scotty C so I always got to mention him um, and a shout out to Luton Town Football Club for helping with the regeneration fund. So thanks to Luton Town and for raising three and a half thousand pounds. So all in all, a very positive experience and hopefully one to build on. I agree with you. Yeah. Yep. So those were well our done. views on Luton away 
loads of your views. So again, all these tweets came into at Orient Outlook. So you can obviously tweet us after any game. And we'll mention a few of your tweets that came in. So starting off with Alb5399, who said, I can only applaud those players who don't deserve the treatment they're getting. They give 100% every week. And what's even better is this isn't annoying for Plymouth. So yeah. obviously Plymouth needed us to win to go up. So obviously Plymouth didn't go up on Friday. Well, they've gone up now. Yeah, by the time we record it, they have gone up. Yeah. At J, yeah, spoiler alert, by the way. Spoiler alert. At JWLRH, if only we had an injury free Liam Kelly this season. Would love him to stay next year, but very much doubt it. Yeah, agree. Obviously, Liam scored the penalty, made the second goal. Yeah. Very influential on that game. At Len and before, said, felt like we could have won that game. However, there's no shame in not winning though against a team pushing for promotion Andy P-O- underscore PO16 said proud of those lads to get that result with all that's going on makes you also think what would have been if yeah. Kelly had been available all year so someone else voicing that a lot of love for Liam Kelly after this yeah. match at Windboy says I'm in Butlins in my own shirt <laughs> lots of staring that's right everyone have a good look because I'm so proud of those young lads I hope you had a very good time good. in Butlins I went a couple months ago it was very good if you've got a young family Butlins is very good to go to good at, <laughs> we're not sponsored by Butlins this week are we uh, at Mally, Matty LOFC Evans said given the circumstances what a performance if we can keep these young players we will be a force in the National League for sure Agreed. and that's a good point because we could, we could potentially just bounce straight back up that first time. it's a real tough ask absolutely real tough ask yeah. and Gary Talbot Seven says so glad after so much battle and spirit it wasn't today we went down so yeah yeah at Ian Manny Rennie John best performance since Stevenage at home very very proud of our boys yeah that, I mean that Stevenage at home feels like a lifetime ago that's when we done the flag bearing yes remember, remember? yes I do agree yeah at Caroline 13B says relegation still stares us in the face yeah I'm elated with that performance and result just can't ask for any more than that yeah at underscore Jack Burrows underscore realistically on Monday we're down but today was another day to look back on and remember. A good away day in the football league. Yeah, Alpha 2 Omega says, These young O's can be at the start of great things, both for themselves and for Orion. And obviously, this, these young kids have obviously grown up through the ranks, winning all the league titles that they're <coughs> playing in, and they're all coming through together at the same time. So they all know each other's games, they'll all support each other, and they're all probably very good friends off the pitch as well as on it. So, I mean, that, that can put you in great stead for the future if you're playing with your mates and you know exactly how your teammate plays in yeah. the game. Exactly. At LOFC Chaz, take nothing away from the youngsters, but Mezegay was superb today, dealing with one of the best strikers in the league. Kelly also loved the look of Tristan, Victor and Henry, as well as Sam. Proud of the boys. Yeah, and the final word on Luton goes to at Pank, P007, who says, mathematically, it's not over. Let's yell loudly on Monday. Not at Bichetti, because he's not worth the breath, but let's get behind these awesome youngsters. So again, thanks for all your tweets yeah. uh, on Good Friday for the Luton match. Yep, prediction league update then. Only one correct prediction yeah. of two all. So well done to at Floodgates who gets the full three points. The full prediction league update um, is coming at the end of the episode. Yeah. So Saturday 15th of April, friend of the podcast Kevin Nugent leaves his role as manager of Barnet after just two months. So obviously Sad. we wish Kev all the best and... Uh, Maybe one day we'll get to interview him. I'd sort of quite like to interview Nuge. I think he'd probably have a few Ask good him. stories to tell as a player. Yeah. I'll give him a text after this. Yeah. Well, Lovely. maybe I'll give him a couple of days. because. It... Nah, no time like the present. So, I don't care if it's Steve. <laughs> Spurs played uh, at home to Bournemouth in the Premiership. 
Premiership. Um, in the Premiership on Saturday, the fifteenth of April. Now, obviously, we don't really care, but in this particular <laughs> instance, we do because Loft were there collecting for the regeneration fund, and they gained just over seven thousand five hundred pounds from the generosity of the Spurs and Bournemouth fans. So, thank you very much. Although, no, well, maybe a few spare efforts. Well, I didn't realise this. They were only allowed to collect in one. Caught one stand, they weren't allowed to go in all four different outside the four different stands, they were only located at, at, in one stand outside one stand. So, only really had 25% of the crowd. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought they were just only allowed outside. No, That's my misunderstanding. No, yeah, someone I can't, someone told me today outside saying they could only get outside one part of the ground, so it wasn't like you had. Everyone collected. Right, okay. So that's, that's an amazing achievement, I think. When you consider it that yeah. way, yeah, absolutely. So adding this to the Luton donations from uh, from the Friday, the weekend's grand total is a whopping £11,207 and someone donated 92p. <laughs> no, they didn't really. But um, no, that is an absolutely staggering yeah, amount of money. Well done. So the Lofty Generation Fund really does go from strength to strength, really. Be Interesting to see what the next big total is. I think they said they were going to total it all up in the next couple of days. Yeah, it was five grand that we've got. That's sixteen grand plus the hundred and ten. I think they were on it. They must be pushing one thirty, one forty. Yeah, now. easily. So they really amazing must. work there by Loft. And a bucket was going around the supporters club today, and there was, was people just putting wow. pound after pound in. Amazing, amazing work. Yeah. So Sunday, sixteenth of April, George Sessions and Shona Duffy both published similar articles where Lee and Kelly questions if the Football Association are doing enough to help staff at Leighton Orient. So quote from Liam who says, if I'm being honest, you look at the governing bodies and are they doing enough to make sure that this football club stays in business? This is a football club that has been a member of for how many years now? The PFA have been fantastic with us coming in and helping us out. But for me, there was no one helping the staff out, the office staff out, the medical team. Who is helping them out? There's a big question mark whether enough is being done to help them. On loans from the PFA, he goes on to say, I don't want people to think we've been paid because it's not like that. It is a percentage. It is a loan. It has to be paid back. If we do not get paid from the football club, that money has to go back. The money is just to keep us going to make sure we turn up to training and pay bills. But as I said, the other staff, they're on they're on a different boat and every single player feels for them, as we do for you. Because yeah. if the club don't end up paying you, you're even more in debt. So... Um, it, it's just absolutely crazy there. Yeah, and good, nice, good, good link again. Crazy being the main word. Getting so used to this. late in the afternoon, a crazy week. It just gets crazier. A sports misuse. Neil Barron tweets: "It's amazing how some companies would rather replace the staff than pay the original ones that they have worked hard for their money." Hashtag no loyalty. So Neil also went on to tweet saying, "Do not be fooled. Sometimes I feel like I'm playing a part in Julius Caesar." Hashtag stabbed in the back yeah then ex-physio Peter Webb tweeted it was it was the doctor first and now the physio and sports therapist who are being replaced without any knowledge what am I seeing yeah and the following this George Sessions reports that the following says Orient's medical staff have requested they all be paid prior to the forthcoming Hartlepool game but none of their messages have received replies it also goes on to say it seems the club are only willing to pay certain members of the medical staff head of the match rather than all of them. And now it appears they're looking to bring other staff in to replace the current staff who have worked for 17 days now without being paid, despite the Hartlepool game taking place in less than 24 hours. I mean, that's just, it's just mental, isn't it? It's just absolutely it's ridiculous. Bizarre. It goes from one ludicrous situation to another. 
George also reported that the sports scientist Michael Amoa is understood to have stepped down after failing to be paid. He wasn't at the Luton well, Town game on Friday, yeah. which is well spotted by yeah, George. Yeah, some more disgraceful actions there from Bichetti, really. Just yeah. terrible. And again, we should be speechless by this as we are a podcast, but obviously we can't be. We shouldn't we have be to talk about it. Yeah, like yeah we should be. Just horrible. Yeah, I agree with you. It, it, it's absolutely painful. Um, so Monday the 17th of April in the morning, uh, so it, this is today now, effectively as we record, George Sessions reported that the O's have brought in some new medical staff for today's game because their current medical staff have demanded to be yeah. paid. So partly Port Hamlet, so today's match. So the team was announced, Sergeant in goal, the Pollock, Mezdegay, Clark at the back, with Oching, Kelly, Collins and Samedo in midfield. And in front three of Abrahams, Adebayo and Hazate with subs, Janata, Hap, Yans, Moncur, Karoma, Dorby and McCallum. Where's Liebird? Is he injured? Don't know. I don't think so. I just think he didn't get into that 11. Funny that, isn't it? Really? But Jansa does. Jansa anyway, Jansa. <laughs> right, so one change to the starting lineup uh, versus Luton as Tristan Abrahams comes in for Sam Dorby and Paul McCallum and Jens Jantz. Uh, return yeah. to the bench and we noticed obviously there was a lot of it was very busy outside the the west stand the main stand yeah. today lots of people and in dressing up outfits in lots clowns. of clown uniforms lots of whistles even outside the ground like a bit of a party at it felt like you'd won the league when you were outside like it was sunny people drinking a bit electric clouds it felt like I thought you won the league or something. YouTube channel, yes. vloggers or sun, whatever they do. The sun outside the as well. The sun were there. Report. So it was lot, very media heavy filming. outside. Very busy. Lots of filming. I'd say a bit of a carnival atmosphere. A bit buzzy. A bit buzzy. Good word of saying it. A bit buzzy Good today. Which it. is which is nice, but it's a shame it's for such a negative thing. So, yeah, um, yeah as we said, the clowns are part of the protest against Bichetti's running of the football club. So to attract attention. Yep. Match kicked off. Great atmosphere. I Broken think it's, atmosphere. it has to be said. It was a must-win game for really for both sides uh, you know yeah. the, the, the um, well, Hart- it's Hartlepool, a shame to say but it's a, it is a six pointer to well, use needed to, if Hartlepool would have won they would have secured their league two status because they would have been away from us no sorry they wouldn't have done but they would have re- if essentially relegated us so gone serves three more points really and we yeah. needed to win just to stay uh, in the football league exactly so fifth minute Pollock's ball over the top came to Adebayejo uh, but his shot was kept out by the keeper's feet and I thought we started pretty well actually we started very lively for a young team we don't and seem to, to be too daunted and to test the keeper that early he only just got his feet to that as well Yeah. Uh, just three minutes later poor defending from Teddy Mezegay as his header is weak Reese Oates gives Hartley pulled the lead unfortunately um, as they capitalise on that really really poor defending from Teddy he was not comfortable today no, so he has ball. not been comfortable he's done this for before while. he goes to head it forward and he gets his angle on it and it hits like the back of his head so it goes behind or just on, him on top so it goes it? behind him as opposed to in front of him but I mean that man Oates still had a bit to do um, and he just beat Samedo too easily and Pollock to some extent and just finished it quite well into the corner but eight minutes gone you're thinking, oh man, like the crowd was loud, like this is the game you need to really win. And to go behind early was a bit disappointing, but fair play to the crowd. Crowd stuck with behind the team. Obviously, still lots of the shit out. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, but massive, massive support. An 11th minute, whistles are plenty. As a minute's protest started at 3 11 for one minute, obviously, free because three years of Bichetti, 11. 311 managers, loads of videos on our Twitter uh, pages. So if you look on our Twitter pages, um, you'll see all the videos. I think YouTube one, 
I think I've had quite a lot of views on that one, um, but real, really loud whistles, like insane amount of whistles. It's like to the point where my ears were hurt. But a good way of protesting, though, without throwing stuff on the pitch. I think a few people threw, had thrown bog rolls on the pitch a bit earlier on. Um, and a blow up doll. Blow up doll. On. So beach blow up doll hanging from the back of the south stand. Yeah. Um, but really loud, and lots of people dressed in, in clown outfits as well. And in the 18th minute, we equalised, got back in it as Michael Clark um, turned his man well. Drove forward, got just outside their box. To be fair, the Hartlepool's defence was pretty poor. So Clark Worst had quite team a lot, I've seen. Clark had quite a lot of time on the ball, but not to take anything away from Clark. Yeah. Looked up, put in a beautiful, perfect cross into Adebayo in between the keeper and the defender. Adebayo met beautifully, side footed into the back of the net, keeper no chance. One all Brisbane Road went absolutely mental. Yeah, that absolutely did. But I think it's also worth noting that with that time that Michael Clark had, he waited for Victor to make his move. Yeah. He didn't just pump it in aimlessly, hoping that he'd get there. It was a... I thought, oh, what a rubbish cross. It's coming, like, really low. Their, keep, their defender's going to deal... Oh, the defender didn't... Oh, my God, we've just scored. <laughs> that was my thought process but, in, in, for that goal. Yeah. So, goal. fair play to... And kudos to Michael Clark yeah, for that. Great, really, really good. Great assist there. Had a very good cross for Michael Clark, who yeah, was very exactly. composed on the ball. So we were back in it. Brisbane Road was bouncing again. And in the 23rd minute, should have been 2 on to Hartlepool as Amon passed to Alessandra, who only fired at Sargent when he maybe should have done better. But at that point, it was a pretty even game. We looked very good in attack. We were playing long balls over the top. Um, and we they weren't happy with that, were they, Hartlepool? They couldn't. They didn't feel comfortable dealing well, with it. Well, I think, like you said before, Abraham and Lebojo kept moving and running and pulling their defenders out. And they didn't really like it or look comfortable with it. And I guess that's the thing that an Abraham's... And Adebayo will give you, as opposed to what McCallum and a Liebird and an Oli Palmer don't give you. Someone who's just running and dragging defenders out and who can get back into the play so quickly. Yeah, I agree. So essentially, Sam Dolby can't do that because he's not as fast as the other two. So if Sam Dolby comes out, tries to drag his defender out, he isn't fast enough to get himself back in. Whereas Abraham and Adebayo, because they're so fast, are very good. And are very, too, a big handful yeah, they are. They're difficult to mark. It's difficult to, to mark something that keeps moving. But so we look good. That was most. That was the best attacking yeah. wise I've seen us probably since the Stevenage game. Yeah. Next ten minutes are all Orient um, with uh, Abraham's and Adebayo causing plenty of havoc. Still, uh, thirty-four minutes um, on the clock. Uh, we erupted again as we made it two-one. Pollock played in Alzate. He beat his man. Just about, I think yeah, I mean, the ball fell, he fell down and... Gets back up quicker than his man and he plays yeah, and the ball little, at his feet. He plays a beautiful ball around the back yeah. of his foot, like a side foot shimmy into Abrahams, who kind of controls it, looks and up, spanks it. Spanks with a right foot, good yeah. finish on sir. Very yeah, good finish. Yeah, really good finish and that's his second goal in two games. Second goal in two games. So it's a bit of form by our very, at the moment. Very lively, great to see and I think we deserve that. I think we deserved that. Once yeah, we, we were the better side. We were looking the better side. Yeah. more confident. 45th minute, um, Ocheng had a strike from 30 yards, which went just over. So he hit that, and the ball swerved, and it was moving just over the bar. Unlucky not to score that. That was right in front of us. Yeah. So two minutes of added time were played, and we went in at half-time, 2-1 up. Yeah, we did. Half-time, uh, just as a summary, really. Fantastic first-half performance after going a goal down. I think it's the only time this season we've really come back from, from going down. Uh, going a goal behind so certainly it is for this calendar year I'm pretty confident that I can say for this well, Lewis, season we've done the same with Lewis, didn't we went the goal down and we went 2-1 up even though we didn't win it yeah yeah true ok uh, really looked dangerous in attack very creative in midfield I think it has to be said that with the front boys 
running and splitting the defence. I think it's safe to say that it allows Alzate to, yeah, to pick out that, so that, po- that pocket so that uh, Collins and, and Kelly can then sort of help keep the team up the pitch and keep yeah. the pressure on the Hartlepool side of things. So yeah. the atmosphere was also Very really, good. really good as well. Really good. People were in a you know, angry mood generally. Um, so there's a slight toxicity there, but... Um, you know, generally amongst each other, it was really, really good. Yeah, so tenths announced 5,411 with 351 away fans from Hartlepool. So credit to Hartlepool fans. I know nobody listens to this from Hartlepool, but decent number making the trip on a bank holiday. So we came out unchanged for the second half in the 47th minute. Alessandra for Hartlepool went down under Clark's challenge inside the box. Referee smiled, waved play on, never a penalty there. Trying his luck. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 55th minute, almost 3-1 as Ochang finds Abraham, who shoots and Fryer makes a really, really great save. Yeah, everyone just stopped. I think even Abraham stopped thinking he was offside. Offside, he yeah. He had so much time. But he hit, did. hit it well again. With his, he's got power on his shot. He's a strong boy. He really keeper. is. Keeper made a good save. And in the 59th minute, Samedo got booked after tangling with Thomas. Yeah, uh, we then changed to a 3-4-3 formation with Ochang uh, on the right and Semedo on the left with Alzate behind Abrahams and Adebayejo. Very similar to what Omer done at Luton. Yep. Again, go likes to go Why not? 3-4-3, 67th minute. Pressure was starting to come on us now a bit from Hartlepool. They were starting to get a bit more into it. We looked a bit nervous in defence, I thought. I think we started the second half slightly yeah. nervous and apprehensive. I would agree with you there. I would agree. Cross came in from their left. It got missed firstly by Oates and then it got missed secondly by Amon. It should have been two all. They were so close. There was no, there was literally no orange shirts at the back post. So two of them had just arrived a bit too late. We're lucky to get away with that one. Unlucky. Yeah. 70th minute there. Paul McCallum makes his long-awaited yes. uh, return ready. He replaced Stephen Alzate. Not quite sure what the thinking is. I think try and get, there, really. Try and get McCallum 20 minutes. I would have thought to come and kill the game but, off. But for Alzate, because he was doing well. He was, okay. doing, he was doing well. To be fair, I think... I think Azarte done well, but I think there was a little bit where he was a bit slow to act in some places. So okay, maybe maybe he just wants to go and gradually introduce Azarte. We had a very good seventy minutes to be fair to him. Seventy six minute, Josh Karami came on for Victor Adebayo, who got a, a very good reception. A standing ovation, yeah, he really did. Eighty fourth minute, Josh Karoma is booked for kicking the ball away. Bit of petulance there. Yeah, he looked a bit fired up, didn't he, Karoma, when he came on? Yeah, he did. He got booked, and then he. He had a few bits of Arjibaj with a few other, other hardball defenders. Players, yeah. so 84th minute, Freddie Moncur came on for Tristan Abrahams and again, standing over Abrahams as he left the field. He Great to see those two get the ovations they deserve. Yeah, agree with you. 89th minute, Aaron Pollock gets back to clear Oates' effort off the line and behind for a corner. I think you could argue that Sam Sargent should have come out and claimed that. That was yeah. only three or four yards out. He shouldn't be leaving that to, to the defenders. Very um, chisholm like that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, very Chisak-esque. And I, I don't agree with that That keeper just not coming off the line. Yeah. You know, the goal's too big for you to, to actually actively stop it. You need to go out and, and, and get the ball. Yep, 90th minute, Liam Donnelly for Hartlepool gets dismissed for his second book of offence. As he squares up to the ref, so he's he's yeah. shown a bit. Of, he showed a bit of dissent, got booked, and then for some reason, literally got in the ref's face and squared up to him. Ref gave him a second yellow. See you later, pal. You're yeah. off. In four minutes of time, I added nerves all round. It was really nervous actually in those last four minutes. But the full time whistle goes, and we aren't going down today or in this episode. Zio's win, a vital three points. Exactly. And we are still a football league club coming out of episode one hundred and two. Bang. Bosh. <laughs> Omar Ritza spoke to Dave Victor after the match and said that it's about personal pride, professionalism and giving your all and also added that since he's been in charge of the, 
the young lads have been trying to prove themselves. Omer said he respects all the staff, whatever decision they make. They continue to work under very difficult circumstances and that he was anxious about the protests, but the supporters were tremendous and did what they felt they needed to do. Omer says he doesn't know if the players and staff will be paid next week. His focus is on what happens on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, obviously, in the last podcast, I think we quoted him as saying that he'd spoken to Bichetti, who told him that players yeah. and staff would be paid and that he had to believe him. I guess he doesn't really want to say too much about that now and you can't really blame him because it, no one's coming out of this very well. Yeah. Also, uh, speaking of Dave Victor, we also want to say congrats to Matt Hiscox, whose new arrival is expected very soon. Nice little photo on Twitter today from Dave with Matt holding a little baby's outfit. Yeah. So we don't know when your baby's expected, but we hope that uh, all is well. And yeah. We look forward to working in another new Orient Outlook listener into the world yeah. as soon as they're born. <laughs> Shame. Uh, League table. That that win uh, and and effectively four points over the course of um, the Easter bank holiday weekend means that we are still bottom. We now have 36 points from 43 games. But Newport took a a bit of a hammer in today. They lost, I think, 6-0 to Plymouth. Um, So Newport is still 23rd on 42 points. Uh, and Hartlepool are just above them in, in 22nd on 43 points. So effectively, our goal difference um, is is nowhere near as good as the others. So we really need to win our last three games and hope that um, Newport and Hartlepool lose their last three games. That would complete the great escape, really. So just my views really on, on today's yeah. game. Really good game where you can really see how well the players combine. You can tell that they've played together before, really like Victor Adebayejo, Tristan Abrahams and Stephen Alzate, his feet are really, really good, yeah, Stephen Alzate's feet are really quick, he's good, he, he thinks ahead, and I know I mentioned it in a previous uh, episode about yeah. seeing him at Greenwich Borough, but he always wanted the ball, he looked really, really yeah, comfortable, and I know it's a pre-season, nothing game, but nonetheless, you could see the flashes of, of how good he really is. Uh, first half was really, really electric on and off the pitch. Yeah. Um, although, as I said earlier, I think the second half we came out a bit scared, a bit nervous. Uh, Hartlepool really were uh, sort of laying it on thick. Thought the ref and, and the linesman uh, were poor as usual, giving throw-ins against us when it should have been for us and for us when it should have been against us. Uh, Karoma, I thought, was being targeted by the Hartlepool defence. Good point. And Good I think point. he needs to learn to control his Good emotions point. a bit yeah. because he was... Being fouled and then he ended up having argy-bargy with the guy who ended up grabbing him by the throat. So, you know, you don't need to encourage that. And and for me, my mindset really hasn't changed. I think we're just delaying the inevitable. And I think the analogy that people sometimes use in these situations is just arranging deck chairs on the Titanic. We're just rearranging them, really. Um, We need to win all three of our last games and and just hope the others lose. But it's a massive, massive ask. I really can't see it happening, unfortunately. Wanted to be more positive. Um, but it's just too little, too late at this point. Yeah. So those are my views, your views? Yeah, I put a vital win when we needed it most, but I think it's too little, too late. Although this is football and stranger things have happened, so you never know, dear. Yeah. Attacking-wise in the first half, that was as dangerous as what I've seen us in a long time. We looked like a threat every time we'd gone forward. And it's, not, it's not, not a lot of times on the podcast we've been able to say that. And we commented about the long balls going over, how we're yeah. doing it, and it's a bit lazy, but actually it worked quite well. Well, we it? said we either scouted them, and we know their centre-backs don't like it, or we know that we've got two very fast forwards, and that's the way to play it. Because they were winning, Adebayo and Abrahams were winning all the second balls once they were being knocked down. And there was, one of them was always winning the header that was coming back out, or yeah. Azarte was. 
Um, so, and again, despite conceding early, great strength of characters to come back from a goal down, especially when these kids are so young and they could their heads could easily drop, which is fantastic to see. I'm not too keen on playing it out from the back in the second half. There's a couple of times where Sarge was just passing it to Mezegay and just putting, a, it was shocking, putting yeah. ourselves under unnecessary pressure. Yeah, it really was. Um, shouldn't be doing that. And I, I think, obviously, for me, that's an omen of instruction because we weren't doing that previously under any other manager. Um, I thought Mezegay done okay, sometimes a bit dodgy, but he's very strong. He doesn't seem to do the basics well, but does the harder parts of defending very well. It's which I don't understand. He can't pass the ball five yards sideways to someone. No. But if he's got a big forward running game, he can short the ball out of play really well. Yes. So he does a game. as well. Yeah. You know, that type of big, yeah. strong physical player well. But like you said, I think it's a great point. Mezegay's a very strange one. Yeah. A very strange one. Uh, I thought Samado did well. I know we're obviously given a bit of um, other hard time sometimes on this podcast. I thought he did well today. I thought Collins and Kelly were fantastic in the middle. And by doing that, which we covered, leaves Azate free to play Marvin attacking one, which he's very good at. Um, Tristan and Victor look like they've got goals in them at this level. Very good. And I thought every player done well and fought for the shirt. And as a fan, it's really pleasing to see. So I was really proud of the team and the club today. So those were our views, your views. So apologies, everyone. So we forgot to tweet after the game. We were too busy filming most of you on the pitch. Um, at full time we had the tweet ready but we just forgot to do it because we were too busy watching people but we still had loads of tweets so thanks again for all your tweets we'll read out a few of what we got so firstly from at Boatsies hope you're well Ben who said what a cracking result and belief is back we will never give up without a fight at Arisa sorry at Omerisa's red and white army at I am underscore MO said Teddy Collins and Samido were immense today yeah, I, controversial. I, 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 thought, I thought they were good. I thought they were good. Andrew underscore Farley fifty nine. So congratulations to Omer and to the O's on a great win today. Two matches unbeaten and not finished yet. First time since the end of January that the O's have gone unbeaten in two league matches. Uh, at mid table obscure said Michael Clark man of the match today. So assured. Hashtag Bicetti out. I have to say that he does look really comfortable. At all times, Michael Clark. Yeah, he doesn't good. ever look like a rabbit caught in the headlights. Like he's a scared young lad. He looks very comfortable and confident. Yeah, very good, very good. Uh, at, under, at Johnny underscore two six nine nine says, if Jesus came back from the dead, Orient could stay up. So <laughs> tying it in with our nice Easter vibe. Like Can't that. give up. Cut brackets. Blind hope. AA brackets. Abraham's and Adebayo were class again. Yeah. At Charlie underscore Paul. I think all of. I think all of us are so proud that those of those players today. Also, thank you to the staff for keeping yeah. our club going. I think that's a really good point. Thank Very you. Good point. I spoke to Lindsay today and, and, and wished her and everybody well and thank them for doing what they do because Absolutely. it's genuinely impressive. I don't know that I would be so composed in that circumstance. Absolutely. Absolutely. M zero PHO says, what a team. Fought to the end and great to see a win at Brisbane Road. Protest at the end is a reminder to FB that LOFC is ours. And we didn't really mention it, but obviously the full-time whistle went and there was just a massive pitch. There wasn't, bag. there wasn't. There was only three people to start with. But then it increased to quite a few, I'd say and quite a few hundreds. There were several hundred I'd say on the pitch. Between a, I'd say about between 500 to 1,000. It's a bit difficult to tell from where we are. No, 1,000 would be like Peterborough. Do you reckon? Yeah, there was a few hundred people. Okay, a few hundred who got onto the pitch, a few Bichetti out songs. It disbanded quite quickly, I would say. Off, at the end of it, out. yeah. People weren't there to cause trouble. No. They were there to make a protest and to have their names, uh, to, to have their message heard by those. Yeah, which I think, by those which I think did do the job. I, I think, think so. They definitely done the job. That definitely yeah. would have been a lot of mainstream 
reporting on that um, tonight, I would have thought. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I forgot where we got up to now. Uh, it was at Wadsey is next. What an emotional roller coaster today. Proud, sad, angry, but it will always be our club, no matter what. And he goes on to say, good to meet you both today. Yeah, it was yeah, good to, good meet, to you meet you today. You. And obviously your donation to the Regeneration Fund will be auctioned very soon. So thank you for your donation. At Paul WE underscore UK says, my head is buzzing and my ears are ringing. Not a great day for tinnitus, but well yeah. done to the young O's. So hope you're not feeling too badly tonight, Paul. There's a nice little podcast coming your way to settle those ears down. Yeah, at Ingleland2010 said, whether we stay up or do go down, we have to keep hold of these youngsters. Fight, passion and ability. A credit to the club. I like it. Good three words there. And at I am Jason Nutting. This was one of my favourite tweets today, actually. It says, today was one of my favourite games of all time. Passion, fight and togetherness. The young players have a bright future. Really good tweet, that. I, yeah. really, I see why you like that. At Orient Fan TV said, unreal performance today from the Orient players. We sure do have a real talented bunch of young lads. Fans were unreal too. Yeah, Baggy's House 4-2 says, talk about a lump in my throat this afternoon. So proud of our boys and to be an O supporter. At Jaffa Shamuti, resigned to going down, but if this team stays together and play like they did today, we'll be back up sooner rather than later. Agree with you yeah. on that one. Bang on point. At John yeah. Macker, 1977 says, what atmosphere it was today. Our youngsters thrived on it and unsettled Hartlepool. A tremendous performance by everyone in a red and white shirt. We live to fight another day and congratulations to everyone connected to our great Really club. decent tweet. I like it. A really good some, tweet. Some that. great quality tweets. Yeah. At Jack Coates 14 said the team was superb today. I thought both of the strikers had a brilliant game but could have scored more. Think but could have scored more. Times, more. Um, more times. Sorry, yeah. Love the passion. Yeah. Good point. At Dub Bins 10. I like this one as well. Yeah. So what odds the impossible, well, actually either zero or infinite, as I've got a shiny 20p coin burning a hole in my pocket. Now, obviously, everyone's coming out of the looting game now and the Hyderpool game going four points from six. So we really effectively need nine from nine and people are starting to believe again. Yeah. There was a great tweet that we're not going to read out from it, Ben LFC, who put a gif on saying if we beat Crew and if Barnett beat Hartlepool and it was some Muppet-looking like bemused or no it was just bedazzled. like no, yeah it was like <laughs> no you've read something amazing and he looks up from one of the Sesame Street yeah, puppets yeah. It? and he's like oh my god yeah. um, at PDR 12 uh, sorry at PDR triple one two said unbelievable atmosphere today the Orient players were superb the fans were superb the result was superb the protest yeah that's what I said really good yeah uh, at RP Bernstein says a triple A which is Adebayo Abraham's and Alzate were fantastic triple A is, yeah. there, is, that like a re- is that like a wrestling triple H yeah, cool. yeah of course it is Yeah, those three have a great combination of skill pace power and finishing that that is a dangerous three to play up front it is a very dangerous in a 4-3-3 three, three, that would work or and three, that's why with Karoma or Dolby who give you different options as an attacking force. So yep. very interesting to see that. At MP Allen Triple Two said, maybe too little, too late in terms of relegation, but I love the attitude of these kids. They never give up. Proud to be an O. The final word on today's match versus Hartlepool goes at Digger H7730468, who says, today should show FB that the O's will still exist long after he is a faded bad memory. Well done, the lads, today. Yeah. Up the O's and a great tweet to end it on. So again, thanks Perfect. for all your tweets over the last week and a half and keep them coming to at Orient Outlook or you can always email us at orientoutlook at outlook.com. Yeah, absolutely. Prediction League update. So well done to Stephen Orient, LOFC Chaz, Celtics 14, David TH, 6430189, Rob MCC68, at Aussie 
411, Rob J. Bennett, David Magic, Seam Oriental, Unexpected Item O, <laughs> Joe underscore Puvit, uh, who all predicted a 2 1 win, but extra special props to at Jeladar, at 1881 Orient, at Wings Mad, at Len4, at Lee Gibbs1, at Johnny underscore 2699, who all predicted 2 1 and a goal scorer. So you will get four points. And because we had so many winners, and because this is. After the Hartlepool game, we haven't had a chance to work out the actual league table. So, so we will do that. A league table update on our Facebook page in the during week. the week sometime. Yeah, or there'll be one after the Crew Alexandria game. Yeah, O's fan basing is definitely still top. Although I think there's a few on there who might be putting more pressure on him now. So we'll get that out as soon as we can. Fantasy go. football league update. It's all changed, my friend. Go on. It, now we have Dwayne Bingham is now top of the league by one. Wow, point. It yeah, might have changed tight. again because Arsenal are playing as we're recording this. Arsenal are playing Middlesbrough, so it might have changed right, again. Okay. Tolu Sangawawa is in second, and Barry Underwood, who's been leading for like <laughs> the last three or four months, isn't it? Elliot Hartfree Pierce? No, he? he was fourth. He was fourth. All dropped He's down. He's six points behind. But don't worry about them. Worry about me, who is in twenty fifth position. Are you so dropping? I dropped from twenty fourth to twenty fifth. Okay. So. Arsenal 1-2-1 we'll Arsenal 1-2-1 so I don't know how that's affected the uh, prediction league but we don't really care about um, the Gooners on this show so moving on into positives and negatives from the last eight days as an Orient fan yeah positives go on then last two games have seen us unbeaten over Easter we've scored four goals with some exceptional performances from the younger players Destiny is still mathematically in our hands, although more realistically... Mm, I'm not sure without, that one. I'll ma- mathematically... That one. Math- well, Destiny's in our hands, but if Hardenpool win all their three games, it's not, but... Yeah. Would that happen? Yeah, yeah. Possibly. Uh, Orient, fan, Orient fan togetherness. Absolutely. Really. Yeah. Never, been, uh, never been greater. Brilliant. And, you know, grateful for the media exposure. You know, Ollie Holt... Wrote for the Mail. We've had the Times, Henry, oh, Henry Winter from the Times. Yeah. You know, we are getting proper mainstream um, uh, media uh, exposure here. Uh, and also, there was uh, something from one of the Sun reporters, Tom Evans, is it? I think that wrote a report on today's game and protest. In it, that, uh, that, that protest will, get, will be in all the nationals in the morning. I would imagine so. So negative, negative, yeah, yeah. So obviously not paying staff saga, which is a top negative because you just can't do that. It's just outrageous. Yeah, still in the relegation zone, and obviously that looks like you know even though we've had some good results, that's probably still going to be the case um, for the next couple of weeks, if not forever. I need to. Yeah, and obviously you've not mentioned it because there's no been no update, but it's still an awful lot of. Injuries, shall we say, to um, senior players. But at the moment, we don't care about that because the young boys are doing so, so well, which moves yeah. on nicely to our hero of the week. Yeah. So I think I think it's... Your you know, call, but the right call. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The right call. Um, so hero of the week. Scored two goals in two games. We're going to give it to young Tristan Abraham. So well done, uh, Tristan. Well and done, keep buddy. up the great work. Yes. So, Next week's fixtures, just the one fixture this week as we travel to Crewe, needing to win to stay in the Football League. Crewe are currently 19th in the league with nothing really to play for uh, and they lost 3-0 away to Yeovil earlier today. We'll be playing against former O Chris Dagnall and your brilliant yeah. point at the game today, wouldn't it be ironic if the man who missed a penalty at Wembley to help take us into the Championship is the man to score the goal that potentially imagine? relegates us out of the Football League. 
We do need Barnett to do us a favour and beat Hartlepool away, but I think you've got more chance of being handcuffed to a ghost. I don't know. Than I think Barnett, Barnett beating Hartlepool. You know what it's like. No. You know. You know what it's like after Tim Sachs a manager, the team in play. But the guy that's taken over was the guy that had the gig before Nuge. Ross oh, really? Yeah, no, I don't know. Well, hopefully, maybe all we could do is some beat, continuity. All we could do is beat Crew and hope Barnett do us favour at Hyperport. I, I think Kikinde will score against that defence based on what we saw today. True. Um, but we'll see. But we need to do our job. So if you're going to Crew, have a fantastic journey. Have safe a safe journey, journey up there, yeah. And we'll I'll sing up for the, for the for the boys as well. And I think we'll we'll speak to Reedy QB9 about his Q Crew journey. Okay. We're on next week's podcast. So okay. That's it. So at an hour 11, it's a bit of a long one, but it's been two matches. It's been a very busy Easter period. Eight days. Um, so that's fine. Yeah. yeah. So thanks for joining us for episode 102. It's been another crazy week and a half in the life of Leighton Orient. Off the pitch, still not great as a staff and players. Still not paid by Bichetti. And you know, where is Bichetti? He's only Vito now who remains at the club. But match days and less about Vito, the better. But on the yeah. pitch, things are getting better. Four points from two games over Easter have given us a slight glimmer of hope, just a slight glimmer. Supporters continue to unite, as we've seen today's protest, today's atmosphere, all really good. Everyone's really hopeful. Loft continue to plan for the future. Surely there'll be more drama before the season ends. Hopefully results go away in the coming week to preserve our league status for another week. And hopefully yep. when we do episode 103, which will be next week, we'll still be in the Football League. We hope so. We really hope so. So we'll be back next week with episode number 103 with all the information and all the views that you could ever need. The most comprehensive roundup of Leighton Orient news anywhere in the world. And it's our pleasure to be able to play this for you, to close this out. It's been a while since we've been able to play this. Paul's queuing this up. It's already. <laughs> I'm ready to start playing it. So I'm going to start playing it now as you talk it out because uh, we don't get to play this ever. Well, not, it's, it's been a rarity. So obviously we dedicate this to everyone at the football club, the football club yeah. for a great couple of days on the pitch and to all the supporters who were there today. It's amazing when this was blaring out over the Brisbane Road to Tannoy and seeing everyone going to the pitch. So playing out, rocking all over the world. Status quo. Have a great week. Yep, yeah, and we'll see you next week. Up the O's. Up the O's.